Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning, but adjust it for your time zone. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon, and I come to you with an education background in that I'm trained to be a teacher. I teach. I do <laughs> I do lots of things, but teaching is teaching kids is one of my all-time favorite things to do. I came into the TR90 program when they first implemented it way back um, at the start, and it was the one program that was able to help me lose the body fat that I was looking to lose that I couldn't seem to shake no matter how hard I tried. So with that being said, um, that TR90 program, since this is a support call for that, is one really good clean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day when you're first starting out, making sure to get 30 grams at least of protein in a, at at least three of those meals. Staying hydrated. Hydration is one of those things that can make you think you're hungry when you're really thirsty and the hydration is already starting to set in. The minimum you should be Drinking for water should be a minimum of one ounce for every two pounds that you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces water daily. Start with wherever you are and slowly build up to that. That It does take some time to get that one um, under control. Eating seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables daily. 30 minutes of Moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. That's another key component to this program. Getting adequate rest is another good, important key. Um, They're saying seven to nine hours of rest daily is really important. While you're resting, your body does all kinds of important resets, which is, excuse me, which is really great for you, but... In the meantime, it does sort of take some time to get that done. And if you ever miss these calls, you can mix them up on SoundCloud. Put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90, and these calls will pop up. They are archived back nine-plus years now. The last several months, we've actually been putting in... um, the, not only who the host and what the date was, but we've also been putting in what the topic for the day was. So if you're looking for a particular topic, that will help you streamline it, streamline your search down somewhat. And I want to put a shout-out to both Frank Wilmoth and Brian Curry because if they were not able to do the technical end of this, I don't know where we would be. We, we're just very fortunate to have both of them on our team. With that being said, I'm always looking for information to share with you that will help supplement that TR90 lifestyle. And some information I'm sharing with you today is out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Obesity, or Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, L-U-S-T-I-G-M-D-M-S-L. And uh, I started last week telling you a little bit about why 
um, exercise was the other half of the um, equation or the other half of the antidote. So with that being said, I'm going to jump right in and start sharing with you some of the information that Robert Lustig has shared with us. The biochemistry of exercise. Exercise is truly the other half of the antidote. It will not cure obesity, but it goes a long way towards mitigating its negative effects, especially for those of metabolic syndrome. Biochemically, exercise does three things. One, exercise daily activates your sympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system sends a signal to your muscles to make new mitochondria, which means more energy, glucose or fatty acids, can be burned. The age of mitochondria plays a big role because older mitochondria are ineffective, leaky, and make more of the ROS, which contributes to insulin resistance. Exercise clears away those old mitochondria, allowing for clean, efficient use of energy by the muscles. This improves muscle insulin sensitivity, which is key to improving your general metabolic health. Number two, exercise is your internal stress reducer. Britt became a well-adjusted teenager, not always an oxymoron, in part because he started to work out. While blood cholesterol levels rise immediately upon exercise, as they are part of the process that keeps your blood sugar and blood pressure up, they come down quickly and stay down the rest of the day. To reduce your blood pressure, you may want to consider exercise, not because your weight will go down, but because exercising will reduce your stress levels. <coughs> and release endorphins, or the feel-good chemicals, in your brain to make you feel better throughout the day. This is how runners get their, quote, runner's high. We want to keep our cholesterol levels low to improve our long-term metabolic status a little pain, and a lot of gain. Number three, perhaps the most important, exercise increases the speed of your liver's Krebs cycle, that's K-R-E-B-S, that makes it burn energy cleaner. This determines how much energy, energy will be shuttled out of the mitochondria and converted to liver fat. Four factors have been shown to speed up the liver's Krebs cycle. Cold, altitude, thyroid hormone. We gave extra thyroid hormone to obese women back in the 1960s, and it made them crazy. And exercise. Cold and altitude are a potent anti-obesity combination. Take the difference between Switzerland and Germany. Switzerland eats virtually the same diet as Germany. Fat and carbohydrate together and obesogenic diet, if I ever saw one. Perhaps lots of potatoes, lots of bread, lots of cheese, lots of cream sauces, and lots of beer. Yum! Their rate of physical activity are also vital, virtually the same. But Switzerland is high, cold, and thin, only about 8% obesity, while Germany is low, less cold, and fat. 
16% obesity. Same thing in Colorado. You're so proud of because of the CDC obesity map shows that you're the least obese state in the United States. But I know the real reason you've lagged behind the rest of the country, and it isn't your food or your active lifestyle. It's your geography. So everyone, if you don't want to exercise, move to Switzerland or Colorado. So cardio or asymmetric exercise. Assuming you're a mere mortal at sea level and not an Olympian on a mountain, what kind of exercise should you perform to get the health benefits? The standard mantra was the low-intensity, long-interval exercise, otherwise known as cardio, for example, running, worked your heart and provided all the cardiovascular benefits. There were even those who eschewed resistance or isometric exercise because it temporarily reduced the blood flow to the heart, thus slowing it, and because it increased the peripheral muscles. It does, did not promote weight loss, but recent perspective studies show that high-intensity interval training, fits of extreme activity interspersed with low levels of that exercise, or even strength training, so think weightlifting there, provide equal improvements in waist circumference and blood vessel flow. So don't sweat that kind of, sweat what kind of exercise, just sweat. It's all good except when it's not. Of course, you can overdo exercise, and exercise promotes the release of chemicals called the endogenous opioids or endorphins, which causes the hypothalamus, to reduce the release of the pituitary hormones, luteinizing hormone, or LH, and follicle-stimulating hormone, or FSH, which reduces estrogen production by the ovaries. In women, this leads to the stoppage of menses and long-term reductions in bone mass. Not a good thing given that women are destined to lose bone mass rapidly upon menopause. When obese patients start to exercise, they may be at significant risk for injury because of the excess weight they are carrying. The obese need to exercise to improve their overall health, but they need to start out slowly because they are at greater risk for muscle strains, pulls, as well as fractures. Studies demonstrate that the fracture rate among the obese is four times higher than for the general population. And the biggest problem of all, the beneficial effects of exercise, while excellent for your body and your metabolism, are relatively short-lived and have to be frequently and sustained, frequent and sustained. Studies demonstrated that the levels of the PPAR gamma coactivator 1-alpha, or it's also known as the PGC-1A, the protein in muscle cells that turns on all the good muscle metabolic effects and tells the mitochondria to divide, decline within a day of cessation of exercise and insulin sensitivity returns to baseline within 15 days. So those of you weekend warriors who think you're doing yourself some good, it may not be as good as you think. 
If you're going to use exercise as your protection against chronic disease, you'll have to be consistent about it. Exercise is the other half of the antidote. It is your best defense against metabolic dysfunction. Here's another way to look at it. Every molecule of energy that you absorb has one of three fates. First, you can burn it, in which case your insulin doesn't rise, you don't gain weight, and you don't do metabolic damage. Second, you can store it, which in, case you're, in which case your insulin goes up, you gain weight, and you do some metabolic damage. Or third, the energy goes out in your urine, in which case you wreak havoc, wreak complete metabolic havoc and cause kidney damage as seen in poorly controlled diabetics who end up on dialysis. Burning energy is always preferable to the other two options. Just don't expect exercise to induce weight loss unless it's coupled with some sort of dietary intervention as well. So let's... As he's mentioned before, the 40% of the normal weight individuals do insulin are insulin resistant and have metabolic or have metabolic syndrome. Those who do also have fatty livers. Who do you think is better off, the fat person who exercises or the thin one who watches nonstop Law and Order marathons? Recent studies have demonstrated that fitness mitigates all the negative effects of obesity on visceral fat, health complaints, and longevity. So does the fat and fit person deserve to be discriminated against? As long as he or she keeps it up, they're likely to live longer than the stick-thin model on the cover of Vogue. Indeed, overweight people have BMIs between 25 and 30 live longer than than people with BMIs of less than 19. The greatest disservice by the medical profession? Nonetheless, doctors continue to promote the party line with their obese patients. The corollary to a calorie is a calorie is the mantra, and if you only exercise, you'd lose weight. Not only is this wrong, it's downright detrimental. Patients who monitor their exercise programs on a home scale are destined for disappointment, but their doctors tell them it will work, and the patients trust them. This, so they think their failures, get depressed, stop exercising, start eating, because they think it's no use. A great way to make a metabolic syndrome even worse. Irrespective of weight, consistent exercise, even just 15 minutes a day, is the best way for people to improve their health. It's 273 hours paid in for three hours of life gained or 64,000% return on investment. The best deal in all of medicine. And with that, I think we've reached the end of our time for today. Uh, Next, I'll be sharing some information with micronutrients, home run or hyperbole. And with that, this is Susan Mann from Portland, Oregon, signing out. If you want to build a new skin business, at the top of the hour, scoot over to Facebook One Team Global Live, and one of our leaders will be sharing some information on how to build that business. This is Susan Mann for December 13th, 2021, signing out. I'm going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other.
So there we have it. We have both exercise and we have fiber. Those are the two parts that are really crucial for long-term health. Thank you, Susan. Oh, you're welcome. Have a great day, everybody. You as well. You as well. With that, I'm going to scoot on to the next part of my day, which changed abruptly about 7 o'clock. <laughs> Take care, one and all. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one.